Welcome to NIL for You. I'm Rob Dickelstein, founder and CEO of Alumni Direct, and uh, we created a platform where alumni can network and connect with their uh, fellow alumni. And this show is all about NIL education. I'm so excited every week to do this show with uh, our, our favorite coach, Trey Clark. Hey, Rob, how are you doing now? It's great to uh, be a part of another NIL for you. I am so excited uh, to join this show as we bring in Savanya DeBarros, an attorney in the NIL space for entrepreneurs, leading these one percenters and all these crazy things called business. Savanya, how are you doing? Hello, hello. I am doing well. How are you guys? Well, um, I am not in a blizzard and you are. So I feel like, you know, I'm doing all right. You know, you may be hunkered down for the weekend in North Chicago land. Is that accurate? It's probably quite accurate. <laughs> yeah, it is crazy out. Well, we made it to Friday and um, I think they're calling for, I don't know, over 10 inches of snow in the Midwest. So it's going to be a little bit bonkers, but thrilled to have uh, Savanya with us. Just really quicker, Savanya is known as the protector of athletes, first-generation lawyer and law business owner, women in business, former track and field, Division I college athlete. I mean, uh, a graduate of Chicago Kent College of Law. I mean, so exciting about you having a background in sports, criminal justice, political science from South Florida. So we got a, we got a bull on board, which is always awesome. And then, you know, now you've done all these things in sports around everything that's going on with people that are moving very quickly. And now you've wrangled that in into working a lot with entrepreneurs, fast movers, NFL, soccer, NBA, G League, pro table tennis, which is awesome. Um, all sorts of different agreements that people are doing with national brands and, and media. Tell us a little bit about, um, you know, when you were a kid, Savanya, is this like, hey, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going I'm to be an athlete and then I'm going to be uh, the female Jerry Maguire. And like, did you want to be an agent? Did you want to be representing attorney? What, do you, what did you really want to do? Yeah. Um, so I've always wanted to be a lawyer before I really knew what a lawyer was. And it's funny because I got into a full-fledged career conversation with a, a young lady last night on the flight back home to Chicago. And she asked me the same question, like, what made you want to become an attorney? Um, but it was something that my heart just always desired uh, before I, like I said, I had a full recollection of what it meant. But being an athlete was not something I wanted to do. It happened because my mom got our butts out of the house, um, put us in sports so we can learn how to socialize, you know, create leadership skills and all those types of things. I mean, I don't know if that's what she did it for, but that's pretty much what happened because of it. Um, yeah. But funny story about me, I hated getting dirty. So I didn't really want to play any sport before yeah. I was going to get dirty. <laughs> Yeah. So, so yeah. you were, you were, so, so this is pretty cool, Savannah, because like a lot of people are like, Hey, female, you know, you always hear the tomboy at it, you know, like, but you're, you're a girl, girl, you're a princess. I'm a and, girl. I'm a girl's girl. I had my tomboyish phase, but it was yeah. more so like a pretty tomboy. Face. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's awesome. Now what's really cool is you're, you're, you're an accredited and acclaimed published author. You've done a lot here where, you know, what are you sporting about? Great. Uh, um, you're a creator of a proprietary program called Have Your SAE, which is awesome. Designed with the college athletes in mind. Um, new Amazon bestselling book coming out um, uh, that's out, uh, Athletes Making Moves, that was released in 21. I mean, you're, you're consistently bringing content and and your is this your primary medium is is the books or where are you leaning into for this yeah my primary um support is the law so that's that's what i typically lead with and i want to say typically that's what i lead with so when people typically talk to me about name image and likeness for example i am approaching it from a legal landscape um so that that's my bread and butter. <laughs> that's what I've always done. And um, I just I use my own creativity to find different ways to pivot where it makes sense to also fulfill my purpose, um, which 
equally includes educating and supporting athletes who did not have a voice. Right? For them. So, yeah, that's that's the main thing is the law. And then, and I know also that the talk about um, you have that every year you've got an, uh, an NIL conference. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So uh, the annual conference is a sub brand of our student athlete brand called Athletes Making Moves. And the event is called NIL Combine. The purpose behind creating one, this community of athletes is for them to recognize that there are so many different ways that people are truly making moves in whatever industry, whatever city, whatever zip code. And you should be proud of what you're accomplishing with your own name, image, and likeness. The idea behind NIL Combine is to bring experts from all walks of life, from all different types of industries to break down what NIL name, image, and likeness truly means for student athletes and those who serve them. When name, image, and likeness came to the forefront, a lot of, you guys saw it, a lot of people popping up a ton of businesses that don't make any damn sense. Um, People saying that they can do certain things that they can't do. And we're still seeing issues of students engaging into bad deals, things that I've always known would happen without the right support and education, which is also the motivation behind creating a space where people can get the education that they need, but also begin to build a portfolio of relationships and contacts that they can call on in, you know, hey, all right, I I got the deal coming down the line, but I need a financial advisor. Do you know one? Okay, well, I met several people at the event. Well, I need to speak with someone about marketing. I have no idea how to set up my social media or how to revamp my social media. Um, And there's so many different lessons around the subject at large. I just want people to understand that it's more than what we think and what what we've been told. There's so many different ways that we can maximize, um, pivot, uh, leverage and monetize one's name, image, and likeness without it also being attached to sports. So, yeah, I love this. I actually um, spoke with you, and I was on one of your early calls as you were looking for experts uh, because of our Aim for NIL education platform, where we speak and educate people with online learning. And and primarily, Savanya, you'll appreciate we really try to get the kids early working with high school athletes and their parents, even if their state's not approved yet. Let's let's get educated before this whole thing starts. There's enough to learn at college. As you remember, as a, as a young athlete going to uh, the South Florida Bulls, you're thinking like, there's a lot coming on. How much the cadence of practice, classes, where's everything at? Tampa's got a pretty uh, sizable campus there. And so you know, now all of a sudden you try to figure out, oh, I'm going to need another 20 hours to navigate this NIL thing. That seems crazy. So getting out in front of it uh, seems really good. So love the idea of the combine. And and I think we're seeing more and more camps come up. Let's get, um, I love having Savanya on because let's get into a little bit of some of these, uh, these, these headlines. I mean, this is a lot going on in the NIL space as usual. And the I think this is the first university now that we've seen has um, seen infractions and there's going to be some sort of uh, suspension for NIL violations. Um, and, and there may be more, Savanya, you may know about this, but it seems like a pretty high level program with Florida State and their offensive coordinator, Alex Atkins, being suspended for three games because of NIL violations. Rob, have you seen other schools that face this? Um, I, it, I think it's coming up. They, they talked about it at the University of Miami you know, with the Cavender twins. Uh, you know, that was a big one. And I think everything's different. I, they, they said this is the stiffest penalty so far. It's, it's three games. Apparently, the coach uh, drove, took a, a player uh, or took a booster to meet a player that wasn't part of the program, and they were trying to to get him to come to Florida State, and and that's what the deal was. But um, yeah, it's it's something I could see, and I, I guess Savanya, from a from a legal standpoint, 
um, yeah, obviously this is a big issue. And I mean, what are you seeing from things like this? I mean, I'm not surprised. It's something I've all <laughs> have told people and been talking about for the last three years. Um, I knew that this was going to happen, right? A lot of kids immediately when states enacted uh, NIL rules, kids were transferring. Um, prime example, Jaden Rashada. I hope I'm pronouncing his name right, but Jaden was in a situation where I think he was had already promised Miami he was going to play there, and you know, UF uh, collective of somebody <laughs> promised him one point something million dollars. And I remember mm-hmm. someone saying to me, "Oh, well, the school the schools can pay the student athletes." Uh, over a million dollars. I'm like, schools can't pay student athletes that. It is in the state statute, but people don't listen. They think they know what they know. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, NIL statutes all across this nation, if your state has one on the books, all of them uh, pretty much say the same thing. Some of them have their nuances, but at the end of the day, you cannot promise a student athlete monetary gain based on their athletic performance and ability to, you know, and pay them to come to that school to play. Like, it's just, it is prohibited. It's within the statute, but people don't want to take the time to read those rules. Um, I also felt that there was going to be a huge issue around coaching, you know, the the pressure of having to pull in the best athlete uh, for their teams. How can I, how can I get that? Okay, well, if my school has or my state has NIL on the books and another state doesn't, but this kid is an amazing player. Well, what do you think people are going to do? They're going to utilize the fact that they have name, image, and likeness. They're going to utilize what uh, the opportunities around NIL could be for that student athlete. And how does that factor in behind closed doors what they're promising the student you know, to come to the school? We don't know a lot of stuff that's happening behind, you know, closed doors or before the ink dries on their documents, we only see the after, you know, impact of what is happening. So it doesn't surprise me, but one bit of advice that I will continue to say to student athletes and even their parents or whoever supports them is you can make all the money in the world or someone can promise you all the money in the world, right? But how does that get you further to or closer to your goals if what you're doing in that moment is a complete violation and you know it's a violation that could disrupt and interrupt everything that you want in that particular time and space, right? And so it reminds me of the statement from from the elders, what you do in the dark comes to the light. Money is great and it's a great tool to have to help you to fulfill your goals and live out your purpose and all of that. It is good. It can it can do it can help you do a lot of things, accomplish a lot of things. But if it's going to threaten what you are trying to accomplish in the now to get to your future, then you have to make better decisions. And I would never make a decision based on desperation right now you know, that could completely throw everything out of the window. Yeah. We shouldn't do that. Well, well, I love this. I love this new challenge of, you know, Clemson um, kind of has led the way as uh, the collective receiving almost $4 million, uh, distributing um, 2.4 million of that money already, an average of 37,000 per athlete. As we know, Savanya, maybe most people don't, is that it's not, equally distributed amongst all the college athletes at Clemson. That may be an average of per athlete, but my, my estimate is probably 20% of the athletes on campus probably took the lion's share of that money. Would you agree with that? I don't know. Yeah. I, I honestly, I don't know enough about it to agree with it, but, um, and this is another problem I have in the NIL space with the collectives, there have been a lot of collectives to pop up. There's been a lot of money that's been reported about who's paying what, what collective is paying, you know, what player or whatnot, but we have no idea how they're being managed. 
Mm. Uh, we have no idea what the oversight is. We have no idea how this factors into NCAA regulations. Um, but it's possible what you say. Yeah, there could be only the top percentage of athletes, if they're part of these particular collectives, yeah, they might be the only ones who are getting uh, checks cut. But it doesn't mean that athletes who see themselves in the lower tier or in the lower percentage, um, it doesn't mean that they don't have an opportunity to go out there and pitch for their own deals, right? Yeah, I have I have an interest in this, Rob, because you know Tiger Impact, which is the operating collective there, um, collecting nearly four million dollars, is currently operating as a five hundred one c three nonprofit organization, and they have stopped signing athletes to any deals in twenty twenty three, and they're saying heading into twenty four, the one ten society is becoming the official NIL partner of Clemson. I don't know if these folks are renaming it but but clearly uh rob a what's your thought of that and then i want to hear savanya's legal because we've heard a lot about the 501c3 yeah i think that you know there's this a lot of these collectors were trying to get away with it and i think there's been yeah some it's it's interesting because some schools have more than one collective so you know one of it might be parents and and other uh, family members another one could be these different boosters but uh i think the you know irs started cracking down on it i think and just um you know finding that they can't do that. And it's, um, it, it's interesting the way they're trying to play it off. And I mean, I guess, um, it, and that will come into play, obviously, if, if they can't do that and it, it starts changing the way the money comes flowing through here, and maybe they've got less money that's, that's able to go out. So um, again, Savani, what's your thoughts from a, from a legal perspective? That's a great statement, Rob. Um, and I don't think a lot of people realize, even student athletes who are taking NIL deals, if you've created a business entity uh, starting January 1st of, of this year, because now we're past that date, right? There's something that's called the Corporation Trans um, Transparency Act, Corporation Transparency Act. So they've been referring to it as CTA. I try to stay away from that because sometimes CTA refers to the call, call what, yeah. call to action. <laughs> yeah. But um, you have to, if you are a new company, Starting at January 1st, 2024, you have to file a beneficiary um, notice. I can't remember the, the, the type of the document, but you have to basically show the federal government who is the owner, the beneficiaries of the company that you have. And so it is basically the way it operates is to keep people from uh creating these sham companies, right? Just trying to move money around, long, uh, money laundering and things. And so to your point, Rob, yeah, if you are creating a collective because you know the opportunity for, for millions of dollars to come through your pockets to pay student athletes, you mean to tell me that people ain't going to get any money from that? People have been making money off of student athletes for years. So now that they, tr- they really have the opportunity to make money in the open, people are going to make sure that they get paid as well. Uh, and I can definitely see the federal government stepping in to crack down on companies who are probably acting like they don't have any income, forcing them, forcing their hands to show exactly what is happening inside of the company. But if they have a 401c3, you know, you can make money in a, in a nonprofit as well. Um, the whole goal of that is you just can't show that you had revenue on the books at the end of the year, but it doesn't mean that the that the company is not generating millions of dollars. Yeah, and I think that I do believe. I mean, and I do not think the four million dollars is the highest collective earnings. I've heard of bigger numbers, but my guess is that a lot easier to raise capital if asking business owners like myself and Savanya and and Rob that we have tax write offs. And as alum of maybe that university, we're knowing that our contribution is 100% deductible, if that were to be true. And I don't, that's going to be debated, I'm sure, in the tax code, like coming up this year, because this is the first year. Um, But I'm sure they raise more capital because of that. Yeah, I would love to go and pull up this uh, business registration with the 501c3, because I'm also curious to know in what category have they filed, you know, to have these tax um, exemptions as a 501c3? I I don't see any educational benefit 
that they're utilizing. I don't have not seen anything as it relates to scholarships that they will be providing to student athletes. Everything seems to be very money oriented and driven, uh, yep. which is a traditional for profit company. Yeah, let's let's uh, it, it is interesting because there's a lot of rule and regulation around 501c3. Having been on a certain nonprofit boards, um, that is significant the amount to get that approved. And uh, I'll tell you the other thing in my world, uh, I have seen a lot of mishandling of 501c3s, um, probably another legal area that people get into trouble. But um, let's move on to. This NIL store launches Nebraska's Kesei, okay, Kesei Tamanaga, right? The merch. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, I think, that, right? they, yeah. I think yeah. it. I think it might be Kaisai. Kaisa, Kaisai. Yeah, I think I you're think, right. But I, but think, I, yeah. I think I do have <laughs> Tamanaga mania. So I, I think you know now I'm into it now. I like Japanese lettering on the back of his uniform. Now this is this is interesting to me because. You know, they've just upset number one Purdue, huge win for Nebraska. You know, the place is going crazy. Um, this is a, I, I believe he's a Japanese born student. And I'm not sure of that if he has U.S. Uh, um, uh, he has nationality. US, US yeah, nationality. Yeah. Because if, if he has a citizenship, he can receive the NIL. If he not, if not, none of the merchandise sold on the U.S. Uh, soil could be used for that merchandise. He would have to make his money in Japan or outside of the United States um, for that. So it's a it's a pretty it's a pretty big one. And and you know he plays for the for the Japanese uh, Olympic team. So super excited because this kid's going to be in Paris next summer. And you know su- super super excited about what's going on. But um, I I love Tamanaga Mania. But uh, I I don't know if these shirts are ever going to yield anything for for Kais. Kaisei. I don't either. Um, <clears throat> so I'm not an immigration attorney, guys, but <laughs> but this has also been a point of conversation in the NIL space too around equity for student athletes, uh, student athletes who have come to this country for a better education, for uh, you know, to create financial sustainability, have opportunities that maybe their parents didn't have in their home country. So like you, I don't know if uh, Mr. Tominaga is an American, uh, whether he he retained nationality here, if he was, was he born in, in Japan or was he born here? We're not sure. But what, oh, yeah, it, doesn't, it, doesn't, it doesn't state it. It doesn't state, okay. the only it does state is that he is playing for the Japanese national team and help them qualify for the Olympics. Well, if he's playing for Japanese, he might have, he might be a Japanese citizen because you don't typically play for a, a country without being one of their citizens. Yeah, I think well, that's historically true, it's, right? I think it's, well, dumb, I think it's dual citizenship possibly, right? It, it could be, or sometimes remember, like you got, like when they did the World Baseball Classic, uh, they had a lot of guys that, were are Americans, but their families were from from the different countries. Oh, I got you. Their ethnicity. So they were, their ethnicity. Yeah. So I mean, it, yeah, it could be sense. that maybe his grandparents or his parents are from there. Maybe he did grow up in the U.S. and has citizenship, but you know, he, he's able to play for their team because of his his family. Mm. Yeah, that makes sense. No, you're right. It, it now is reminding me of one of my former uh, MLS athletes who played for Haiti's national team, but he's American. Um, so yeah, so we don't know what Tamanaga's situ- situation uh, is here in the States, but technically, because immigration law is very old, has not been modified from what I believe in quite a while, uh, foreign student athletes who are here on a student visa also have to be careful in how they utilize name, image, and likeness uh, because it could threaten their visa. Now, I, that's as far as I'm going to go into it, because I don't want to talk about something I'm not technically, uh, you know, well-versed in, but we want to make sure that when we're serving student athletes, especially if there's a problem around uh, nationality, that we're not putting them in a position that could jeopardize everything that they've worked for, i.e. their visa, their permission to be here to get an education. But we also have to look at 
the consequences it might have on uh, their financial aid or scholarship, you know. Um, but yeah, I mean, if if he's able to monetize this, that's dope. <laughs> that's dope. I really, I really hope that he yeah. that it's all good, like everything pans out. Yeah, we we had, yeah. A, we had a story uh, on our last show about uh, there was a player uh, from overseas, and what he did is he set up a five hundred one c three and gave back to his country, to his town. He set up a you know set up with like a a soccer field for for people to play and all that. So I, there's ways to to do that. So this next story here, uh, Michigan's national championship. Um, yeah, Donovan Edwards. Uh, people saw him score a couple of touchdowns, and he uh, parlayed that into there's a, a new trading card series from Leaf. Uh, they had some ahead Harbaugh and some of the other players as well. Uh, it's kind of interesting. Uh, he's not going to get the kind of uh, payback that Arch Manning got, right, Trent? I don't think so, but he, you know, I got to tell you, <laughs> this kid's on fire right now. I mean, you know, he had a huge game last year in the Big Ten Championship and against Ohio State, and it was kind of a quiet season for him, and he just has an amazing two touchdowns on the first two carries. You know, and I, I was telling my son, hey, let's just give him the ball and see if he scores on every time he touches, right? Like, so until they stop him, I'm, I, I was like, Harbaugh, please just hand the ball to Edwards, right? So, but, um, you know, the other thing that I read about Donovan was he was selected as the Raising Canes player of the game. So they threw an after party at Raising Cane's where Edwards was the feature of the Raising Cane's party. And it was a one-off NIL deal. And it sounds like awesome. I mean, I love Cane's. So I was like, Hey man, I would have liked to an invite first of all. So I'm a little upset with Donovan right now, but um, otherwise I just think that is so cool. So this kid right now um, really taking advantage of opportunities and he has and he has seven or eight other deals he's he's a regular in the nil space and i'm sure um the michigan collective that does very well uh i'm sure they've they've um done some things with him to open up some options and opportunities um savanya what are you thinking about you know we've seen this in the in the final games from the young lady at lsu to when we see these big tv championship big ratings and man, it, it's like rocket fuel. What have you seen in this? I mean, <clears throat> this Edward Donovan, I try to stay up on my NIL stuff, but y'all listen, when I'm deep in the law, <laughs> my head is down working. Um, but what I what I can say about this is one, I love the students and or whoever's supporting them uh, with their media attention by leveraging the attention that they've garnered from these games or, or whatever's happening around their own particular personal brands. Um, so Angel Reese, like she's blown up majorly. Uh, Flage Johnson has blown up and it's, you know, you could, you could get some kind of fanfare around doing a great job, you know, having a great game, but it's the student athletes who really take the next step to pivot or to, you know, go hard on something that they, that they believe in. Those are the athletes that, that tend to stand out and mm. shock everybody. But also those are the athletes who began to create a, a true foundation of what I would say is legacy for them. Something that is not so rooted into you hoping that you go pro. Well, you're already going pro. You're already creating the life that you want for yourself and removing the desperation of I have to sacrifice my entire body or, you know, years of doing something, you know, that takes me away from those that I love. Like you are writing literally your own check. So I love this. I love that he launched his, his trading cards. I think it's brilliant. And I would advise any student athlete who has the ability to do something, if, especially if you're already doing something that you like, capitalize on it you have the lights now people are looking at you they're watching you and they're they're obviously going to want to know more they, they're going to want to look at and take a deeper dive into who you are maximize that leverage it and make sure that you have the opportunity to monetize it while it's happening yeah i think i think 
I love that pro tip of the day right there, which is positioning yourself. Donovan is going to be a senior. Blake Quorum's going to move on to the NFL. Blake Quorum's done tons of NIL for good, um, giving away, I think, over 300 turkeys at Thanksgiving. He continues to be a beacon of light for NIL. And that has shined tons of light on University of Michigan. Not that they needed it after a national championship and Donovan's success, but Donovan going into his senior year, he's being uh, deemed the heir apparent of the running game at Michigan, which has always been significant. And now with Raising Canes, this NFT and trading card with New Leaf, I mean, this guy's positioned for for rocket fuel for a fabulous season and a senior year. And 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 Savannah, you know what I like about this is is I think a lot of those kids might have chosen the pro NFL draft years ago because I had one good game and we've seen a lot of kids do that. It doesn't work out very well, a very shortened career because they lack the experience. Um, now he's got some capital contributions. He's got some runway to, to continue to garner more skill at the position and, and be that much more ready for the NFL, hopefully. I mean, we all risk injury and we get that. But, um, man, I think it's uh, pretty exciting for where Donovan's at today. That's very exciting. And, and listen, I don't want people to say that I'm against pro sports because I'm, I'm not against it. I just don't like the reason why people choose to go that route. Yeah, it might mm-hmm. be a long life dream or desire to do it. But let's be real. A lot of students, especially before NIL, their whole purpose of going pro is because they wanted to change their family's financial situation. And most of the time, they still didn't do it. Right. Yeah. They still got themselves not only deeper into shit, excuse my language, you know, but it created a catastrophic mental health problems. Mm. You know, so I love the fact, you know, with, with Donovan, it already seems like this kid has his heart is in the right place. It already seems like he has that balance, which is great. Um, I call those kind of, you know, unicorn students. When you really have a well-balanced uh, character, you, you know how to give back. You are, um, you know, determined with your own craft. He is innovative, right? I think it could serve him very well if he went pro because now your hopes and your dreams and everything is not just predicated upon you being this pro athlete. And then here's the stress and the necessity to work one day past game day because you're so worried about paying the next bill. I think that Mm. he would definitely be a great athlete, um, whether he decides to go pro or if he decides to just say, hey, I'm just going to live off or or you know, uh, pivot and, and, and stack the money that I've already, what's what's the word I'm looking for? Um, compound, like compound the investments and the money that I've already made from NIL. That's up to him. Like you, you're literally, you can do whatever you want to do. Love it. Rob, what do you think of this next area? Yeah. So it's our last story here. We want to talk about the NCAA just approved a new NIL agent portal, which is for service providers. And uh, I guess the, it's it's been voted and approved. And I guess after August 1st is when they start talking about implementation. So it'll happen sometime. And um, this is interesting because you're talking about uh, it could be agents, it could be attorneys, it could be it's, it's giving the athletes an opportunity to um, kind of look online and, and pick out the people they want. And I think it's they're implementing it to try to, um, you know, cut back on some of the issues that are out there. I think some of the, I guess we'll call them shady agents or, or whatever it might be, or just for people that are service providers or uh, say they're offering something that are not, but um, it, this, this was interesting. And, and I thought it was appropriate uh, looking at this because I really wanted to get Savani's, uh, uh, um, you know, her, her thoughts on just getting into this because I'm sure whether it's agents or attorneys, this is going to open up a big thing for uh, people involved in NIL. Yeah, I'm super excited to hear that too, Savanya. And and the two things that really stuck out in this article for me were were, were kind of negative, right? Um, the first one was portal. Man, a l- really, you wanted to call it a portal? Like that really hasn't been uh, uh, synonymous with smoothness. I don't like, hey, we got a new NIL portal. And so yeah. now, and then the other thing I didn't like is that this new NCAA-sponsored portal is voluntary no i mean no one has to do it and i appreciate that um but 
back to uh, and Savannah touched on this really early in our discussion. And there's been some shady actors and conductors out there, and it's a it's a voluntary deal. This is you know anyone can put their name up on this list. There's it doesn't look like a level of vetting in any way. So uh, I, I don't know what they hope to hope to accomplish, and I I pray that it doesn't create another muckety muck portal of you know uh, fodder for the media that isn't working out for these for this this organization and and the institutions and the athletes most importantly again savanya what's your thought well my thought is i think the nca ncaa might just kind of still taking a hands-off approach a little bit but still doing enough to say that it's doing enough right, to have mm-hmm. some kind of oversight over people. Um, I don't know if you guys remember the story about Gervin Dexter, athlete from Florida, when, you know, he signed an NIL deal in his senior year of high school. He went pro, and a year after going pro, he's realizing he has to pay this company 15% of his NFL earnings. The company, wow. you know, he, he signed this NIL deal promising to do a – whole list of things uh which also included signing and uh autographs i can't remember how many autographs it was a lot showing up to appearances all kinds of things so he definitely did the work that he was paid but this company also took capital from him on the back end which looks like a predatory loan so i'm thinking you know is this the ncaa's way of creating an outlet for companies and individuals who say that they are uh, representing or serving athletes to have some kind of oversight, but also who's who's checking on the oversight, who's doing the oversight. So Gervin Dexter's lawyers out in Florida did file a complaint. I pulled that complaint up. I did a whole webinar series on it. And some of the claims were that there were no warnings to the student athlete about um, you know, this could impact your eligibility or your, your NIL as a student athlete. Um, I don't think that he was represented by an agent or whoever proposed the the document to, to him. I don't think they were a licensed agent. So it's, it's so many issues that are going to happen. And honestly, that I think might happen. Um, I think this might have to be something that comes from the state, if not the federal level. I, I don't think the federal level will tap into that because every state has its own way of how it manages and regulates, for instance, lawyers, yeah. doctors. Um, there are already rules on the books for for agents. So it might be something that has to go hand in hand with NIL statutes that needs to be applied in every state if there's NIL so that student athletes not only have a way to look up other professionals and have opportunities. Right now, if people are utilizing one professional, what do you think they're, you know, who is your friend going to refer? The one person that they're utilizing. And so they have no idea all these other people who are out here who can serve them and maybe have the ability to serve them at a much higher level and a more efficient level. So I think there's good in it. But again, I also believe that there may be a lot of bad that happens before everything's get, you know, everything gets um rectified. Yeah. As I look at the landscape, there is a ton of concern over you know, we've we Rob and I have been man I'm blatantly aware of some pretty red pretty big red flags. Uh, at the NFL Combine last year, in their NIL uh, breakout session, they talked about how much of fine print is in the NIL collective deals for athletes that are now on campus and we're paying you $5,000 a month, but you miss uh, a training table, you miss a class, you miss um, a film session, uh, let alone a practice, illness or not. There's language that says, oh, you miss something, we no longer have to pay you your $5,000. I mean, these kids, I don't think, are having their side of representation look over that agreement. And and I see that. I've seen 
the, the young man who had a great car account, no one insured it. Um, then when the car was turned in, there was $35,000 in, you know, correction that needed to be made and maintenance and services and uh, a bumper that needed to be replaced. So they sound like the, the dealership leveraged that for more work from the athlete um, to pay off, you know, that, that debt. I mean, you're just seeing some horror stories along the way. Savanya, what, what would what should athletes be thinking about when an opportunity presents itself? The biggest thing they should be thinking about is, is this in full alignment? Not with who you are right now, but with who you want to be. Where you see yourself in five years, if you can even think that far, <laughs> right? But what, what you, all of us at some point, okay, let's, let's make it shorter. One year, right? That's short enough for us to determine where do I want to be at least in one year? And is this in alignment in a way that it will get me to that place? A lot of kids, even at the college level, and it's sad, but a lot of kids are not necessarily, I don't think, and I don't want to speak for everybody, but I think some kids might be thinking, I got to do this for fill in the blank, right? You're not doing it for you. But if we can change that thought process and do what we need to do for us, then we have the ability to do what we want to do for other people, right? And so it's that put on your mask first type of conversation. Um, and ask somebody. You know, don't don't automatically go and sign something. Don't go to your uncle or your parent and ask them to read a contract for you and see if it's okay. They don't know. It might be written in English, but it don't mean you can read it. <laughs> it yeah. don't mean you, you know, it doesn't mean that you understand the language yeah. and how it impacts you. And for God's sake, if you're gonna scroll to the page where the where the dollar amount is listed. Make sure that you really understand what you're giving up, because when you're obligation, when you're obligated to someone, it is harder sometimes to say that you didn't understand something when you've signed it. So make sure you fully under understand. Make sure you fully bet whoever's behind the deal that they say that they're giving to you. Read it, read it again, and take it to an expert to help you fully recognize what you're getting yourself into. Yeah, that that's great advice, and I think it's um, that's part of our our uh, you know this is our show is all about education. It's a big part of it. I mean, we talk about stories, but it's just, it's just getting people like Savani on, and I think it's uh it's great advice to just you know I think we're all guilty of you know reading over things and like oh I'm not going to get it if I don't sign it. Uh, but th these examples that we brought up here are you know could be pretty big issues. Like you said, that one guy with uh, he's going to be paying the rest of his life you know through the NFL. It's not right. So. Uh, Definitely five years. Yeah, that, that's crazy. That, that's really crazy. So definitely seek out uh, expert advice. That, that's a, a very important uh, lesson here. And, and you know, I'm sorry. Oh, I'll, I'll add this, uh, Trent. I think the biggest reason why a lot of athletes get caught up and athletes across any type of, of sport genre is because they don't recognize themselves as a brand and they don't recognize their own potential value. A lot of times they don't even know that these brands need them more than, than they need the brand. Like the brand is going to make money and get noticed because right. of you. So if you can flip that switch, that automatically is leverage. So. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's really important. And most, most kids do not understand that, that, um, you are in a position of some leverage. Uh, they they could go find somebody else, but they could also go burn somebody else. You know, so um, think hard about where you want to position yourself and realize you are sitting in a position with some leverage. Um, they did come to you, want to work with you. So those are all good things. What would you single single piece of advice, or and maybe two part question here, Savanya is. One is, what is the thing that's just really rearing its head regularly in your world in this NIL space? And then two, um, small college kid, limited resources, 
what would you recommend them um, from a legal standpoint to be just really tightened up on opportunities? These are the kids who are probably not likely to make 40, 150,000, but they are likely to make a thousand a month and have four deals worth $250 a month and make $12,000 and have, you know, that's a, that's a real part-time job. That's really good income to be around what you're doing. And we certainly promote that for kids. What would you tell um, those athletes on those two things? Yeah. The, the biggest thing that I see across the board, whether you identify as an athlete or not, is lack of brand protection. And a lot of times that just goes back to the whole idea of value and how you perceive or don't perceive your own value. So if you are in a position where you are literally rising, the cream rising to the top, you should be looking at what your brand is and reaching out to people in your in, well, in different industries like marketing and branding and PR and attorneys, financial strategists, not all at the same time, but take it a step at a time to one, define what your true, what your true uh, brand is, and then taking steps to safeguard your brand. So using legal strategies to protect your brand. So once you start putting stuff out there, you start selling certain things or you are signing signatures, you are walking business, you are walking brand. You ever heard people say, I don't have a businessman, I'm a businessman. You know, like that's how we have to start seeing ourselves as walking businesses. And for student athletes who are not making 20,000 or 500 or a million or more, you're still a business too. And I want them to realize it's, it's those athletes who are going to become the CEOs and the CFOs of companies. It's those athletes who are going to be the first eight-figure entrepreneur in their family, right? So they, they are learning critical skills right now at this time. And the fact that they're being paid for it, they should celebrate it. It doesn't mean that just because you get paid $500 to do something that your worth is less than a student athlete that gets paid a million. Because the student athlete that gets paid a million can lose his million or her million in less than a year. But the fact that you keep going and you're building up this educational capacity and momentum and business acumen, you create something that is so much more, that has so much more value where you're able to create and see your compound interest show up in eight figures. And so I would do the same thing is start thinking about what is your value? What do you bring to the table? Um, what is the brand that you have? Who can you get uh, support from? Who can you go and get experience from? Network, network, and network some more and be willing to show up in full authenticity, be willing to show up eager to learn and determined and go out there and do a damn good job. And it will definitely serve you. I can't You're hear you. Track. Okay, so first of all, amen, Savanya. I'm, I got permagrant over here because, you know, I want everyone to know here on nil for you I did not pay Savanya to say this, right? You know I preach this from the top of the mountain, right? And so I want to know that you just Savanya's a guest of ours, not a paid guest to say what I tell, you know, like what I ask her to say, right? So I was thrilled to hear that, Rob. What, what did, it just gets me excited to hear you know, the, look at, listen, there are tons of young men and women athletes who want to be Savanya de Barros. Like they, they, they want to go to school. They want to use this stepping stone of athletics to go and help them get law school and then go get a good job and maybe own my open law firm and do this one day. And now you have the very woman who you admire and honor in your life. And she's telling you like, this is a place for you to get value beyond the value that you ever thought you could. And you can start this at 19 years old. And it, it wasn't available to us when we were there, right? So Rob, let's let's close it. But I, I, I want to close with that because it's pro tip right there, right? So let's end there. Yeah. But Rob, anything to add here? Because uh, I'm, I'm, I'm in cloud nine right now. I can start my weekend, okay? That's how I can, I'm, I can start yeah, my weekend. Yeah, no, I... <laughs> And I, I saw those wheels spinning when you were talking there, Savannah, because, yeah, we, 
yeah, Trent preaches that all the time. I mean, it, it's such a, a great thing for these athletes to just uh, build that resume, so to speak. I mean, they're they're getting if, if they do it correctly, they're getting great experience. They're branding, they're doing marketing, uh, promoting themselves. I think you know organizations, companies look to hire that. And and it's um, you know I talk about on my other show, which uh, Savanya has been on as well. Uh, athletes, entrepreneurs, on my journey, where we talk about athletes transitioning out of sports, and I think these athletes that are taking advantage of that just it sets them up so great for the future so uh another wonderful great show uh Savanya, thank you so much uh for being a part of this she, she was very tired so we were giving her gold I think you guys woke me up else. a little bit <laughs> <laughs> we, we got we got her fired up we're talking about that we, we kind of lulled her to sleep a little bit in the beginning but then we, we, we brought her back to life so thank you so much and uh you know, definitely tune into nil for you uh you can find us on uh, sportsypreneur.com uh, your shows across all the different podcast networks, but uh, this has been great. Uh, Trent, as always, I, I, I love doing this with you. Any closing thoughts from you? No, just, you know, as, uh, as people know me, right. I, I have been the top, I'm, you know, three-time world series coach. Right. And uh, as I drive into that, I look back on those experiences and the competition was one thing, but so many lessons were away from the actual game. And man, I think this just went into like hyper warp speed of learning that we didn't really get the opportunity at these a at this age. So I just I'm super excited about what's what's next for this and for kids. And and I'm also super excited that for all you young kids out there, high school kids and the parents, listen. Savanta DeBarros is available. She's she is an esquire and attorney. Like you're having challenges and you've got opportunities, pick up the phone and call. Most attorneys will take a free quick consultation with you. You're not going to be on the drip and you know being charged right away. But you you want to get educated, and there are lots of resources out there. And you know these phones are incredible. You know you, you've got resources at your at your fingertips. But when you hear someone like this, uh, an accredited expert, know that it's not far away. Savonia, tell them where they can find you before we go. Yes, guys. Uh, for the athlete stuff, you can find me at athletesmakingmoves.com. If you want to know more about NIL Combine, you can also find that on the website at athletesmakingmoves.com forward slash NIL Combine. We haven't started uh, promoting yet for 2024, but we will soon. So I would love to see you guys there. And if you want some legal support, you can reach me at sldeboros.com. You can look at some of the other things that we've done, um, hoping to revamp our, our website to just have more educational stuff about case studies so people can see themselves in the work that, that we do with the firm, but would love to support student athletes more. Well, again, thanks again. And uh, we look forward to seeing everybody next time. Take care.